Well, good morning. Happy New Year. I'm going to go ahead and release our children. Zach was so excited, he came up to me, he goes, Dad, I forgot to let the kids go. So uh, we're going to release our children. We're just so happy. It's so good. to Man, we got some good-looking kids in here. Come on. And we got good-looking workers that help those children. And we're not just feeding them uh, fishies and red Kool-Aid and they're getting hyper and you got to calm them down. But uh, we're, we're just, I'm just so excited for this new year. Uh, just to let you know, at 1 o'clock on Tuesday, the church will be open. And uh, if you want to come and pray with people, people will be here praying. Our normal prayer group that, that normally prays every Sunday morning and during the week. And they said, Pastor, it would be better for us to come and pray at the church so we don't pray at someone's house and eat a lot. So anyway, that's one of them confessed to me. But anyway, but uh, we're just so happy you're here this morning. And, uh, you know, I just I know that you know, since uh, it's New Year, uh, we're going to start a new series. We're going to kick off and it's called it, this is called New. And what I want to do is, since this is the first Sunday of a brand new year, let me, let me just say this. I want to help you start the year off right. Is that all right with you? How many of you want to start this year off right? Okay, and make some new things. So that's what I want to do. If you're new with our, our Savior's Church, oh, we call it OSC for short. It's just, you just recently made a decision to follow Jesus in these last few weeks or uh, you know what, there, there's some things I want you to know and I want to tell you about that's coming up. Here, I, I, here's a must. I want to encourage everyone. Number one, one of the first things that's coming up this year is water baptism. Okay? Now, you know, baptism is the outward sign of an inward change. It's kind of like the wedding band of following God. You make that commitment. You go, I mean, and I don't want to explain it. It's the wedding band of Christianity. It's letting the rest of the world know you know what, publicly that you're in love with God and you're committed to follow Jesus the rest of your life. And so what we want to do is we want to, I want to, it doesn't, it, it, I'll just say that it doesn't save you, but it's very important. It's a part of commitment to following Christ. That day is going to be January 26th. Say it with me, say it with me. January what? 26th. Mark that down. If you want to get baptized we we'll have a big baptismal right here in the middle. We will baptize. Well, the, the cool thing is, I know uh, EJ was there last week taking pictures at, at our Eunice campus. They, they had eight people sign up. By the time they were done, they had like 12 people get baptized. And so it, it was exciting. And, and they had family people that have never been to our church, and they're coming again this morning. So Pastor Jamie was just really excited. The second thing is that you need to do this year is you need to join a church. Got real quiet. If it's not this church, you need to join a local church. Are you hearing me? You need to join a local church. And when you join that local church, you do whatever they do. Are you hearing me? And, but we do have a church here. And you feel like God's called you to be a part of this spiritual family? You know, at, at, on February 9th, you, you know what? That's when we're going to have our first next step. And following, it's a new step, you finding out where God has called you, what God is calling you to do. Also, I want to take you, this, the, the next thing is we have the seven days of prayer and fasting. Most of you understand about, understand prayer, but many of you don't really understand fasting. I remember the first time I got introduced to fasting, I'd just been saved, and I went to, straight to Bible college. And when I went to Bible college, they told me, you're going to fast. And I go, what does that mean? We're not going to eat. And I'm like, that don't sound good to me. And we went three days. That's the first time I ever fasted. I mean, I, I was just, I mean, I was ready to bite bark off a tree. You know, and I remember just getting so hungry. And I remember me and a bunch of guys, we ran down to the local, what, what is that, uh, that, that all-you-can-eat Mexican uh, place where they have the little flags? What is it called? That's where I was. We were at Poncho's. And, man, we got the Mexican, I'm going to tell you something. We destroyed the place. And you know how if you, keep, you pull the flag up, they keep coming? You know, my, my friend goes, leave it at half mass. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was our first introduction. That was my first introduction. And then another time I did it, like three days, we went and ate five gallons of ice cream after we broke the fast. I, had a, I know what hangovers like, but I never had a cookies and cream hangover like that in my life. So we're not asking you to do that, but for some of you, it may be fasting electronics. My wife gave me hints. She goes, you know, you might want to fast your phone a little bit. And I get the hint. I, and I, I, you might want to fast a meal. 
You might want to go three days. I mean, we had a guy in Eunice last year, uh, Doug Glasscock. He never fasted. And you can kind of tell he never fasted. And, and he told me, he said, man, I went three days. He said, let me tell you something. When I quit that three day, I went and ate everything. I, but it's not about that. It's about, uh, let me just say this. It's a place, it's a piece of the world that you're saying, I'm giving this up because I want to pursue Jesus. So it could be electronics, it could be a meal, it could be social media. Some of you need to get off of it. I love all those amens. Uh, you you want to ha- have a focused time of prayer and connecting with Jesus. And, we, and that's what we do every year at the beginning of the year. We want to honor Jesus. We want to honor God. And I believe that's why God's honored us. Because we take the beginning of the year and say, God, we're going to honor you no matter what we do. We're going to honor you. You can start this year off. So. I want to take you, and so that's all my announcements, what we got going on. But let me just say, I want to take you on a spiritual journey on this new series. I want to pastor you this morning. Is that all right? And so this morning, God has a vision for your life. Look at your name and go, you know, God's got a vision for you. And the person you're scared of next to you say, you too. All right? He's got a vision for you. What, and, and, you know, what heaven looks like is what God has always intended for you. In other words, what it, God has a picture of you, and this is what it will, it will look like. And so I want to go, if you have your notes, if you don't have notes, raise your hands. We'll, we'll get you some notes and right up here in the front and over here. Tony, we'll get some. We'll get, just keep your hand up till you get the notes and so you can follow along with us. We try to do this. Uh, you know, I had one guy tell me, he was, I don't go to that. They were saying, you know, that church over there, our Savior's church, they just give you notes and tell you what, what, what you need to do. Well, we just try to, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, Direction. I know this. If you don't know north, east, west, and south, it's good to have directions. Amen? And so some of you, you know, we got some over here too, Tony. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just keep it up. We got people over here. Tony's running around. Come on. The price is right. Anyway. Come on. We got five left. There you go. We need to start printing more. There you go. All right. So God has a vision for your life. Revelations 21, verse 4 and 5. He will, here's the vision of your life. He will wipe every tear from their, from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying and pain. Can't you wait for that day? And it says God always intended for you to be this way. Sin is what destroys this, the vision. But vision, God has a vision for your life. Let's go to the next, let's go on. He says all these things are gone forever. You know, one day when we see him, all those things, all the pain, all the sorrow, all everything will be new. And the one, and it's, and the one sitting on the throne said, how, how many of you want to know what the first thing God's going to tell you when you get there? Here's what he says. Look, I'm making everything new. Everything new. It's the first thing. And then he said to me, write this down. For what I tell you is trustworthy and true. This is the first thing Jesus is going to say. Everybody likes new things. How many like new stuff? How many like getting a new car? Come on, a new gun. Thank, and thanks for all the guys that blessed me and gave me a new gun, new rifle this year. You know, I haven't gone and tested it, but I will. And if Bambi shows up, I won't shoot him. And, but if he doesn't identify, as long as he doesn't identify himself as Bambi, he's safe. But others, you're out. Anyway. Also, some of you may have got a new phone. Some of you got... You know, a new you you're you know it's just a new year. Everybody likes something new, don't you? Come on, we like the smell of it. God, can I tell you something? God loves making things new. God loves making things new. See, I honestly think very few people have ever experienced new, and that's what that's my big reveal this morning. I want to talk to you about what God wants to do inside of us. Is that all right? And so here it is. You, you may say, well, well, uh, we, don't know, we, we don't know new until we get to heaven, right, Pastor? But that's not true. Let me just say this. We are supposed to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on this earth. Is that true? Okay? And so God always intended for everything to be new right here and right now. And what does that mean? Most of us have got religion or Christianity or church. But, there, but, but with the thought that God, you know, we think, well, that, we do all those things, but, it may, but maybe God's going to make some improvements, but to make everything new, that's kind of, I'm not sure about that. He's just going to improve me. And so here, here's why we, we, we fail at resolutions. Let me just say, we attempt 
to make something, some improvements in our lives. How many of you try to make improvements? How, you, how many of you got some commitments this year? I'm not here to scare you. How many of you go, I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to stay away from Boudin. I'm going to stay away from, so- I, yeah, I saw the Cajun head. No, Pastor Bubba, no. You know, I'm a, but see, 80% of all resolutions are given up, like Zach said, by Valentine's. After you make a resolution, after six weeks, usually you've given it up. Okay? And, and here it is. The reason why they don't work is because they never become new. What does that mean, Pastor Baba? We are not new. We're just improved. Have you ever heard that thing? You ever heard the phrase, this is the new and improved? The truth is, it's not new because if it's improved. Okay, I'm not trying to play games, but it's not new if it's just improved. So many of you have made resolutions. Let me just, um, goals for 2014. Let me just give, and, and you might already have them, but you're tired of it. You failed at it. I've, I've made resolutions. I failed at it. Let me give you some examples. You know, just, just for fun, I'm going to give you some examples of making a resolution. All right, here, first one. Resolution number one, okay? 2012, I'm going to work out five days a week. Come on. 2013 comes around, you go, I'm going to work out three days a week. 2014 comes, I'm just going to drive by the gym. (laughs) Resolution number two, okay? I'm going to read at least 10 books this year. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. 2013, I'm going to finish the last book I started. 2014, I'm going to try to finish the comic section in the newspaper. Resolution number three, I will pay off that bank loan this year. 2013, here we go. I'll pay off my bank loans this year. You got that? Loans? Okay. All right. Now, it's funny. I, I didn't say. Okay, anyway. The last one, I'll try to be out of the country by the end of the year, 2014. <laughs> All right? That's funny. I don't care if you think it. But here's my point. Why is this happening? It, it, why is nothing ever changing? You ever wonder that? I think it's because we take, we take the old and we try to improve it, and it doesn't work, so we just come up with resolutions. Amen? See, 2 Corinthians, if you follow me in the notes, 2 Corinthians, when someone becomes a Christian, boy, that's a, that's a good thing. Underline it. When someone becomes a Christian, he says, He becomes brand what? A new person inside. He he is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. When someone becomes a Christian, you know what? They join a church. No. No, they become religious. No. They tithe or they get baptized. No. They become a brand new person on the inside. Hello? And see, it's not, it's, it's all on the inside. It's what God does. Listen to me. It's kind of like this. God does the inside job on you. God does something new on the inside. Are y'all with me this morning? You see, my fear is there are far too many people who have a spiritual experience and they've only been doing things and, and it's like taking place on the external, on the outside, but it's not really taking place on the inside. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. How many met people that, you know, they look like they were baptized in pickle juice? They just do. And see, let, let me just prove this, okay? Statistics say that 78% of Americans are wearing the label Christian. But here's why. But only 7% say because that, that Christian, that that. Because of that, Christianity, their life has changed. It hadn't changed. It, it's changed hardly any. See, I got news for you. Real Christianity, if you don't have any notes, you can write down. Real Christianity is when you become brand new on the inside. They're not the same anymore. A life has been changed. It's begun. It's like a new bud. When you plant something, my little girl likes planting things. and She likes drawing pictures, but when she plants stuff, and I remember she was anticipating, she had these three pots, and she was having her flowers, and she had a sunflower, and she was just anticipating because she was waiting for that, that new little growth to bust out out of, the, out of the ground. 
And that's what God, that's what happens in us when you become new. It's like a new blossom. Everything's new. Everything's changed. There's a beginning. See, if you will show, let me just say, if you show up the next three weeks, let me just make an advertisement. I'm going to show you how real change can take place inside your life. But you got to come here the next three weeks to figure that out, all right? So this morning, I'm not hiding anything, but I'll show you. I want to show you. It doesn't happen by doing things externally. In other words, we don't need a resolution because they don't change you. We need a revolution. A complete change of the person you were. What does that mean, Pastor? You don't need to turn over a new leaf. You need to turn over a new life. You see, everything brand new. And I'm, gonna, and, and I'm going to show you how to do that. So number one, here we go. We're going to approach life in change in three ways. Number one, we're changing outside in or we're changing inside out. A lot of people do the first. They want to change their habits, their schedule, their spending, their diet, but it doesn't work. And, and it won't, it, can I tell you something? It won't change you. If you change the inside first, that's what changes you. It's not, it's not the outside. See, 2014 will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? If this, if this changes, it will, listen, if you change, it will impact everything else. What happens to you spiritually has the power to change everything else around you. If you allow God to make you new, everything changes. I remember when I got saved, and I don't believe, but I remember everything changed. I mean, the last time before I got saved, I remember talking to my mama and cussing her out and hanging up the phone and leaving it like that. You know what I did the other day? I spent an hour and two minutes talking to my mama on the phone. There's a change. All right, someone I couldn't stand, and she didn't like me either. Listen, the feelings were mutual. Okay, that's a change, and I'm not trying. But I can I can go around the room here, and I could point out people that your life has changed. You're not the same because you said it's not the outside; it's God doing inside job on me. Because I want to be different. How many of you wives? You go, man. I my husband said I'm different. I'm trying to give you a little advertisement. Some wives, you're going, Lord, I'm praying he becomes different. You see, don't start, you know, let me just say this. Don't start with the diet. Start with God. Let God do everything new in your life. Then you will, then you'll see the real change. The second thing is doing something different or being someone different. It's not just doing something different. It's being somebody different. I don't need to change my activities. I need to change me. How many of you say, that, that Pastor, that, that sounds good to me? The third thing is improving the old you or becoming a new you. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm proposing to you my fear is that too many people have not truly experienced spiritual change on the inside becoming a brand new person i want to show you how this morning is that okay how many of you want to be a new person okay you see it's not just new and improved but new see god intended god initially set up a system in the old testament and that system it didn't work and it was called the old covenant when, when you messed up, you had to sacrifice an animal, pour the blood that represented your sin all over that sin. It just covered it, but it didn't change you. There was still guilt. There was still shame. Are y'all with me? The problem was that even though the sin was paid for, they still felt guilty. God looked at the old covenant and he said, i got to make a better way. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. If you would, if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 10. And you can go with your notes there and stuff. But we're going we're gonna to camp out a little bit in Hebrews chapter 10. I love the book of Hebrews. They don't even know who the author is in the book of Hebrews. Many people think it was St. Paul, but there's no facts on who actually wrote 
Hebrews. Some see, people think it might have could have been Dr. Luke. Okay, I'm going to start right here. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will pour my, put my laws in their hearts. He's not going to tell you, you know, to do right. But see, here's the thing. He's not going to tell you to do right. But he's going to make you right. Hello. There's a difference between telling me, hey, you need to do right. It's another thing, difference going, being made right. And so, y'all with me? And I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless acts, I will remember no more. And, and where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. It, it has to get in you. In other words, it's got to get, you got to let God get in you. Come on. He's got to get in you. God is constantly trying to get in your life. Many times we go, ah, I want. You see, here's the thing. How many of you want all of God? How many, okay, listen, listen. How many of you want all God has for you? Come on, just soon. Okay, listen. If you want all God has for you, then you got to, it's not giving percentages. It's giving God, here's all of me. That's where it starts. It starts with you and I. God, make me 100% brand new. Brand new. Let's go on. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay, I just need to hear. I mean, I'm hard of hearing. I mean, my kids, dad, my wife, baba. Anyway, I'm just, I'm hard of hearing. Too many shotgun shells blown in my ears. The out, and he says, you know, and he goes, and their sins and laws will be no remember. And, and where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. It, it has to get in you. He's not going to tell you to do right. He's going to make you right. In other words, if you ever tried to follow God by obeying all the rules, it'll just make you miserable. Come on. The old covenant, man, they didn't just have the Ten Commandments. The religious people came, the priests, and, and the lawyers came along and gave over 680 other laws. How miserable do you think they were? I don't mean to yell. I'm sorry. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just getting excited here. I'm just, I got to preach better than Zach did last week. I'm under pressure. There's people that tell me, Pastor Bubba, if you don't preach anything, Zach needs to be the next pastor here. Anyway. So he did, hey, Pastor Zach, if you weren't here last week, you need to get the CD, the tape, the iPod, the i whatever. You know, you need to get it. Because he had some example, he had a great analogy of just the grace of God, of the work of God doing in your heart. So, son, I'm giving you advertising. In fact, I went and got my hair, and Jennifer told me, she goes, I, I even text Zach and said, he said, man, man, you never text me. <laughs> told me I did good. You know, I'm like, man, I was feeling kind of, you know, insecure. But anyway, am I doing okay right now? Anyway, just. All right, now I'm just playing with you. But since, you see, the Old Testament could not cleanse the conscience of the sinner. Maybe this is why you don't like to pray. Maybe that's why you don't like to read your Bible. You need a change on the inside. How? How do I do that, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at the next verse, because this is what I want to help you with. It says, Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 20. Therefore, and that word therefore is you got to find out what it's there for, all right? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, oh, preacher talk, anyway, confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. That represents all of what Jesus did in his body. That's what it represents. That is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, there's a new way of living. Amen. And I want to show you there's four ways He's going to say, let us. And so here it is. If you want to find out what the points are, I'm going to give you the points from the Bible. Is that all right? They're not my points or Bible points. So four things he is, he's trying to say, let us. Here, here's what you need to do to get it. Number one, here's the first let us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us, look what it says. What does it say? Draw near to God. Maybe you're far from him, and you need to get back close to him. Let us draw near to God. What is that? And he said, with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, 
to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's the gospel. See, one of the best decisions you ever make in 2014 is to get closer to God than you've ever been before. Amen? It will impact your diet. It will impact your marriage. It will impact your spending. It will impact your business. It will impact every part of your life. Okay, let me go on. The second let us is in verse 23. Let us hold unswavering to the hope we we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You hold on to the promises of God. What does that look like, Pastor Bubba? See, if you want want change to happen, if you want change to happen on the inside of you, you need to realize, let me just say something real quick. You need to say, and I'm going to, This book is alive. It's not a regular book. There are promises in this book. If you apply them, let me tell you something. You will see fulfillment if you trust the promises that are in this book. There is power in this book. I feel like a shambot. Power! There's power in this book. I'm just telling you, there's power in this book. Man, I remember when I was going through cancer every day, and it's not just, I do this every day in my life. I get in the book, and I was looking for the promises. I mean, it says that. I'm believing that, God, I'm standing. I mean, I'm literally, I'm standing on the Bible, God. I'm trusting it. It's not just standing on it. It's like I stand no matter what comes my way. I don't care what some old faithless person comes and tells me that, you know, just some religious little snap head, you know, know, the Bible, you know, and they don't even live it themselves. The most negative person you're going to, like you come in my hospital room, I didn't have any negative people come see me in the hospital. You know why? Miss Jenner was watching out for me. I had people come. Just spend time with me. I remember Mr. Mike coming, just encouraging me. Just to be in there. There's people, there's people here that came and visited me while I was laid up. Because you know how many times I visit people that have been laid up. But you know what? They stand on the promises. The promises are powerful. You need to get the promises of God in your life every day. Come on. Got quiet up in here. Promises of God. I mean, let me ask them. The Bible says, Jesus said, man cannot live by what? Bread alone. But by the word of what? The word of God. Every day. You want bread? The children of Israel. God gave us a, a, an example to the children of Israel and all their mistakes. Okay? And it was in the covenant. The mistakes that they made. What was inside of it. The manna. They didn't trust God. You know, all the things that the commandments. Those weren't, that was the old covenant. But God said, I'm busting out of that. And I'm going to do something new in you. And every day, you need to go get that fresh word. Like the children of Israel went and got manna. And by the end of the day, it wasn't any good for the next day. You had to go back out that next morning and start all over. Come on. I mean, by the time you do that for 40 years, I mean, you want banana bread, manna bread, manna pancakes, manna. I mean, you were tired of manna. I'm going somewhere. Let's go. It will impact everything in your life. How many of you want your marriage to be impacted? Come on. You know, some of you praying for that husband. Oh, Lord, let him. You know what? I, I people go, Pastor, I'm, you know, look, I had someone tell me this week. I got on ChristianMingle.com. I said, let me tell you something. You need to get out of ChristianMingle.com and get into the, Bi- the book of the Bible and mingle up in the word. And then you know what? Let God make you the right person. Then he'll bring the right person to you. Then you can mingle. (laughs) Or co-mingle. Anyway, whatever. After you get married. Anyway. Chapter 10, verse 23. Let us. He's saying, let us. There it is. Let us. I just said that one, number four, I'm going back, all right? Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The secret of your personal growth is whether you are willing to help someone else. 
You know what? Let, let me just say something. You have to make decisions. I'm going to live my life to impact other people. Not just worrying about me and live my life. I want to live my life to impact others. When I first got saved, my heart was I wanted to reach others. Everywhere I went, I was telling people about Jesus. My brother, he used to, me, we shared the same room. He could tell you. I was all about others. Now, I scared some others. <laughs> he goes, I scared me. I remember one night I came in and preaching to all his friends. You remember this? And Sulphur, they were in the liquor store. And I'm with me. Y'all drink. I, was, I didn't know any scripture. But I was filled with Jesus, man. I look in there, I walk in the liquor store. Y'all drink that tonight. And you get drunk, you're going to split hell wide open, all of you. Man, he came in my, our bedroom that night. He goes, man, he started poking me. Don't you ever embarrass me like that. And I remember I'm just, you know, when he finished doing that, I started praying, oh, God, I pray you touch my brother. I pray. I mean, he was like, oh, God, I'm going to the den. <laughs> my brother's crazy. That's the gospel truth. Am I lying? Let us, you see, he's saying, let us consider one another and toward love and good deeds. It's secret of personal growth. It's saying, I'm going to help someone. I'm going to love someone. I'm going to share with someone. And see, listen, you don't have to be a preacher to do that. You can be right there in your family. You can be right there in your work and just share and demonstrate. See, France, France, St. Francis said this. There's, you know, it's like, you know, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. It's the way you live that impacts others, and then they watch the way you live, and then it gives you an audience. Go, why do you do things like that? I notice you don't cuss like everybody. You don't call your wife an old bag of dirt. You don't call her mama. You always talk about your kids. Talk about how awesome your wife is. What makes you so different? A lot of you are not growing because it's all about you. Ooh, got quiet. A lot of you, let me see. So as you make that decision, I'm going to live my life for others. Can I just tell you what happened to you? Growth will take off on you. How many of you want to grow this year? Don't look. Here, I've done a test. I'll do it this morning. I feel it. You know, look, at you, put your thumb out. When you get your life just on you, that's all you see. Come on, do the thumb test with me. We're, someone, visitor, walk in, they're going to go, what the heck is going on in here? All right? Look at that. If you just send it on you, everything else becomes a blur. But get your eyes off your thumb and look beyond. And guess what? Your needs are still there, but your focus has changed. It becomes not you. It becomes others. This morning, I called a guy that everybody knows in this community. He lost his wife just a few weeks ago, and he's had an impact on Christian broadcasting and stuff. And I was, I was just praying, getting ready for this morning. And, and it's like, and, I call, I, and I'm like, I'm praying for him. And, and I said, you know, I'm not going to pray for him. Just pray for him. I'm going to call him this morning. He hadn't gone to church yet, so I, I got his private little number, and I called Hey. I said, hey. And he, he goes, he always says, Jesus loves you. Now, I'm glad he loves me. I'm glad someone besides my wife loves me. I said, man of God, I love you. How you doing? He goes, oh, man, my wife, she went on the glory. She did all this. And God, you know, I said, that's good. That's good. And I, I said, you know, that's all wonderful. But how are you doing? How are you doing? And I'm doing good. I'm glad. We're going to have lunch this week. I said, look, I just wanted to call you and tell you I love you and I'm praying for you praying for your circumstance it's got you gotta listen sometimes I've learned this when God puts somebody on your heart hello you can pray for them and some of you do that silently but sometimes you need to get beyond prayer and go and talk to them man God really put how many how many times I've had people man God really put you on my heart and I'm like everything okay what are you putting on my heart about you know, we always wonder. It's always bad. I, I told someone in the, I told Jerry in the bathroom, hey, let's get together this week. And he's like, oh, he's washing his hand. I go, hey, you're not in trouble. He goes, oh, good. Anyway. <laughs> you know? You have to make a decision. I'm going to live my life to impact other people. 
Not just worry about me. Live my life to impact others. As you make the decision, you're just going to grow. You're going to take off. Hebrews, verse 25, it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some of you do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The reason many of you are not growing spiritually is because you're not in community with other believers. I'm already gave you the four points, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you again about these, but I'm going to put them in a form of a question for you. Is that okay? And see, and, and when you grow on the inside, it, it, it'll just, it, it'll impact all your resolutions. It will. When you grow on the inside, it'll impact all your resolutions. If you change the inside, it'll change the outside. It will, it will be the best year of your life. How many want the best year of your life? You've got to change the inside. And see, it's, 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 if it's the best year, if it's going to be your best year, it needs to be your best year spiritually. Because you are a spiritual being. You're not a body. You're a spiritual being having a temporary earthly existence. Because when I do funerals, that's their earth suit. Whatever was inside them, they're gone, like Miss Kay said. They're gone. They're gone. They're not there. That's their body. And I love going to places when people love God, and you just celebrate. You know, man, they match a face behind the voice that guided them, that led them. Come on, let's celebrate. And people that know, hey, people in their family know they're with the, with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Instead of going to a funeral and, you know, just like, man, I hope he made it. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I hope, I hope God gave him that last, in that last moment, maybe he cried out to God. I remember talking to a guy one time, and I said, can I, and I was, he was in the hospital. I said, can I pray for you? And, God, and, he, and this is what he said. I'll just take my chances. The next day he was dead. I said, man, what a bad chance. So here it is in a form of a question, okay? Number one, am I worshiping intimately? That's the question. If God, you know what, let us draw near to God. Here's the question. Am I worshiping God intimately? If God wants us to draw near, then am I worshiping him intimately? Here, here's what God Here's what God desires. It's found in John chapter 4. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God's looking for those kind of people. That's what God's looking for. Those that are seeking after him. Those, the, a worshiper is not a person who can sing and play an instrument. If that was the case, I'm out. Worship is a translation. If you, if you translate the word worship, it's like this. It's like when you come home and you're coming in your house and your dog sees you. And he comes and he runs up to you and he licks you and he runs in circles and he's just, you know how they are? That's what the description God's telling us, that we become, I'm not calling you dogs. I went to that church, they called me a dog. Do you understand what I'm trying to translate here? Man, they're just so excited. Especially when you have food. You need to be affectionate and intimate with God. God is not looking for attendance. He's not looking for tithe. They're all important. He's looking for worshipers. You know, I sympathize with a lot of you. You come into a church like this. Where people come and they raise their hands and some people get excited. I love it when people clap. I love it when, yeah, I, I do that. Sometimes I'm in the back. I, I, like, to, I like to watch y'all. gets me excited. And I, I mean, I'm, the, I'm a screamer. You know, ah! I mean, my mom said I was a screamer. So I just, just naturally overflow. But the thing I love is like, I love that. I mean, when I first got, set, when my, my brother and I were, see, some people did drugs. Me and my brother we're drugged to church. We're doing drugs before we did drugs. We were drugged to church. And sometimes we sit in the back. I'm serious. And there'd be people, you know, dancing and singing. And we're like, oh, God, 
what's up with that? We'd never seen anything like that. I'm going, man, you're crazy. And I remember when I got saved, I went to a church, and, I, I mean, you know, it's like kind of like, yeah, this is, man, this is cool. You're on the way to church, you get in the car, and you go, all right, today, God, I'm going to lift my hands. Because some of you come to church, come on, come on. And you can see people, you know what I'm talking about? You're not used to only time. Listen, no one at your church where you came from ever had a question, so they never raised it, and much less two questions. <laughs> and you know how it is, you can, and you get in there and you work, and you kind of go, all right, today's the day. Whew, that was good. <laughs> Got it. Then you go from like, all right, you kind of do like carry the TV moment, you know what I mean? Some of you kind of carrying the TV this morning. I saw you. You know what I'm talking about? And then you go, you kind of graduate. You grow slowly in that. You know what I'm talking about? Then you go to field goal. I know how it is. I promise you, if you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall in love with God more than I ever have, this year, I'm going to give him my all I have. Here's what happened in James. And this is what he says, come near to God. And look what it says. And he will come near to you. How many of you want God's nearness in your life? He'll come near to you. He'll just come right near to you. This is a promise. Your life would be better if God was nearer to you. Amen? The second thing. Am I feeding daily? Am I feeding daily? Am I making God's word a part of my life every day? You need to. You need to get it every day. You need to get it. I remember before I got married, I was thinking a little lip of dew every day. Come on. I don't leave my house without getting a little lip service. For my wife. Livy tries to get in there every once in a while. And I don't mind. My sons do that too. I, I still, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a kisser. My son Andrew, I mean, Zach, we still kiss on the lips and we ain't funny. <laughs> hey, last moment I remember my daddy being here on this earth, he kissed me on the lips and said, son, I love you. My dad was never ashamed. I remember I dropped him off at school. You know, you get about fifth grade, things change. <laughs> Come on, man, give me a, give me a kiss. No, dad, later, man. <laughs> like, Luke, I notice it now. Like, Libby, I drop him off at school. When I bring him, I hardly ever bring him that much. And when I bring him, I go, hey, man, give me a kiss. And Libby go, oh, daddy. Hey, Luke, he's out. <laughs> you know, he's gone. That's what it is. You know, it's like you feed every day. And see, Joshua said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's what I'm wanting to try to make you to become. I want you to be prosperous and I want you to be successful. How many of you want that in your life? That's what I'm trying to get you to do. I want you, as your pastor, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be prosperous. And it's not just with money. You know what I mean? Money can't buy you everything. It can't buy you happiness. It can't buy, buy you joy. Come on. Like my desire, like if you're blessed and you're prosperous, that means you can bless other people. See, God ain't waiting for you when you get money. To be a blessing. God wants you to be blessing whatever what you have right now. Some of the greatest blessings I've had is going to someone's house to visit them. And they don't have much. But everything they do have, they share with you. I remember going in the mountains in Mexico and Chiapas. And, that, you know, we were in this mud hut. And, and we were there. And they had some people there. And we were doing things and preaching and all this, sharing with the villagers and stuff. And I remember... You know, we went visiting this, this hut, and these ladies had chickens, and then we came back. There were no chickens left. She killed her chickens to feed us. 
And it was an open fire in the mud hut. Okay? And it was in a galvanized pot. And there's some of you, I wouldn't eat that. Listen, there was people with me. They were going, man, I ain't eating that. You see what they're cooking it on? I'm like, no deadly thing going to harm me. And I remember eating that chicken and going, God, thank you. That lady knows more about sacrifice and more about giving than anybody I know. Because that's what they really, that's all they had. You know, you look in the corner, there's feathers, and you're going, oh, Lord, we're eating her chickens. And she was happy about it. She wasn't griping and complaining. You see, Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what God's, I don't, I don't take a step without you, God, and your direction. That's what we, how many of you want direction this year? You don't take a step without the word. In other words, if you want a new way, then dive into the word every day if you want a new way. That rhymes. I I remember that one. The third thing, am I serving faithfully? Am I serving faithfully? If you ever join a team or serve somewhere, it it does more for you than the people you're serving. It does something to you. I grow better because, can I just say something? I grow better because you're around. You know what? A lot of you have expectations of me. So with those expectations, it it causes me to make different choices. Are you hearing me? Because you have expectations. You have an expectation. I'm not going to cuss out the lady at the Walmart blind. That's all. You passed that. He cussed me out good. Just like you. Anyway, just. I make different choices because there's expectations. In the same way with you, you need to have people that have expectations of you, and it makes you make different choices. Am I making sense? See, because, because I'm a leader, I make different decisions. If you're a daddy, you need to be making different decisions. If you're a mama, you need to be making different decisions. If you're caretaking for someone, it causes you to make different decisions. See, I just know you will grow better if you're touching people's lives. You just grow better. Peter says this, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Some of you are going to make, let me just say, some of you might make coffee. I miss Miss Margie. We're going to pray for her before we finish. We missed her today. Miss Joyce made coffee this morning, but I miss Miss Margie. She's sick. I miss her. I miss her gift of hospitality. I miss her, her Bayou talk. Man, Pastor. You know, some of you may make, some of you are going to teach kids. Some of you are going to go out and sing. Some of you are going to go out and and start other campuses with us. When we go to Crowley and other campuses, that's fixing to happen. We need your gift. Every time you choose not to use your gift, look at me, it affects all of us. We need your gift. When you're not using it, we miss it. Listen to me. A lot of you have gifts. Some of you go, man, I wish we had this. I wish. If you were using the gifts God gave you, there would probably be some things. And sometimes when you think about, man, I wish we did this. Maybe God's telling you that you have an expectation of me. Look, I can only do one or two things very good. The rest is a washout. It is. Number four, let me just finish. Am I connecting regularly? In February, we're going to launch life groups. I want to challenge every person to join a life group. Where we gather with people, and we say, man, we're going to pursue Jesus, and you're there to encourage one another. Listen, if you have a life group, and you're going to go somewhere, listen, I've noticed that every time I open my house, and people are coming to my house, and you in an argument with your wife, and people are coming over, you work it out. Because if 30 minutes they're coming, you, you're going to make, make things right in 30 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? And so, gather with people that can share your secrets and problems with. See, some of you, I want to I challenge every one of you to join. Some of you have real issues, addictions, and God's system wasn't for you. God's at work in you. You need people. You need people. It's not just 
God, you need people in your life. And then here's what James says. Therefore, listen, this is why we need people. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, not to God, but to someone else. And pray for each other so that you may be, what? Healed. I'll just say this. You can't survive if you're not connected. The only reason I'm standing up here today is because I'm connected with people that have loved me enough to tell me things about myself. See, I'm not just standing on a platform. I'm standing on a platform that people walk before me and love me and help me. That have been my teachers, my mentors, my pastors. They built this stage for me to stand on. But most of all, it was God. But God uses people. And isn't it amazing? You know, how many know there's so many different, different kind of fish in the ocean that God uses all kinds of people? He uses those. I mean, some of the greatest lessons I've learned in life were not from preachers. I'm just simple people. I remember Miss Savage one day. She goes, you know, Pastor Bubba, all you men's, y'all the same. Y'all bark all day, but y'all meow at night, yeah. I remember that. She's going to be with the Lord. My friend, Irving Plummer, he was was an older African-American man. Him and I were prayer partners for two years. He was an alcoholic. Two guys stood up at his door one day, forgot about themselves, started sharing with Irvin about Jesus. Irvin gave his life to Jesus and became radical. And I remember he used to call me Bubba's. Bubba's. Bubba's McCann's. It was everything was McCann's and Bubba's. It had an S. Bubba's. And I remember he looked at me, he goes, Bubba's McCann's. Next time I see you, son, I want to see calluses on them knees because you're seeking Jesus hard and fast and continuous, boy. You know, when I go to prayer, I think about all those people that have encouraged me. And just like you, I'm here, look, look at me. You know, you can't survive. This series is dedicated to all those who are frustrated with where they are and want real lasting change. That's what this series is all about. How many tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired? You don't want to improve. You, want, you don't want the new and improve. You want the new. So can I just... You know, I'm just going to pray for you. Maybe you're here this morning. You're just, you know, you're just, man, I, I want to start the year new. I want, I want more of God than I've ever had before. You know, Pastor, I've started with God at times, and I made that journey, and then I, I just, I, I, I get caught in the same ruts every time. God's wanting to speak to you this morning by his Holy Spirit. I know, I felt, let me just say when, I, when, when, when they were worshiping this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit very strong. And if you didn't feel something going on, your feelers broke. Okay? And I, I felt sometimes when we can worship and, and, and I can just sense God wanting to speak, God wanting to do something in people's lives. And I just get up here. I'm, I mean, I have so much inside of me and I'm not going to have four closings today. Okay? There's something inside me go, God, you really want to do serious business with people here. There are people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They don't want the old. They want something new inside of them. Just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor Baba, I came in here. I really don't know Jesus, but I want to I want to I want to have a new relationship with the one you're talking about. I want to know Jesus, Pastor Bubba. I want, I want him to make things new in my life. I need a new change on the inside. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real quick? Raise it up. Okay, I see it. I see it. Put it down. Okay? Okay? Okay, put it down. Anyone else? Put it down. Anyone else? Okay, in the back. Okay, thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Okay, thank you. Thank you. All over. Maybe you're here this morning, so you can go, Pastor Bubba, I've given my life to the Lord, but it's become the mundane. And, and I really, I really need God. To, I want God to do some new things in me. And, and, and I know that, that there are things that I need to do. I need to be faithful in seeking Him. I need to be connecting. I need to be feeding. I need to be the person worshiping. I haven't been doing those things, but I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit this morning. But, Pastor, 
I'm going to ask him this morning to do something new in me. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this place. Come on. All over. All over. Anyone else? All over. Every, okay. Put him down. I just want to pray for you. Why don't you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I want you to pray right where you are. And as I'm praying for you this morning, I want you, in, underneath your breath, you say, that God, that's me. That's me. That's what I need. That's what I want. That's what I long for. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for everyone that's raised their hand. And Lord, their heart is, Lord, you can lift your hands down if you want. Lord, I believe Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe that what he did for me on the cross, it was for me. And Lord, today, I want that new life inside of me. I believe you. I love you. I want to love you like I've never loved you before. I want to get close to you. I want to seek you and that you that I find you. I want to feed every day. God, you're calling me to reach out and serve people. I need to be connecting on regularly. God, I've just avoided people. But Lord, this year, I invite you in. I invite people in. I want a hunger inside of me for you and your presence. I want you to do something new inside of me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of those things that I felt shameful for. But Lord, you said that if God, we confess our sins, you're faithful, you're just to forgive us. We don't have to live bound but we can live in freedom today. And Lord, I pray for your freedom in hearts of men and women and children this morning. And we thank you, God, that we're, we're not going to live all frustrated. We, we want to be, be real, and we want lasting change in our lives. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, come on, give the Lord a hand clap. He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, give it. You can do better than that. Come on. You know what, we're going to try that again, but let me just say this. If I'm going to do something real and right in, in the right way, look, the Saints won last night. LSU won their bowl. Everybody's excited in Louisiana, okay? But you know what, I've seen, I've seen people shout louder for the Saints and, and the Tigers. So this morning, I want us to do, can we do what they call in Israel a Shabbat? You know what that is? You know what, I mean, you don't know what a Shabbat is. Shabbat is you just you just give it your all and you just shout and I tell you sometimes there's a shout you can give and it just breaks all the monotony in your life you know what I'm talking about I'm not talking about screaming at your kids I'm talking about a shout and I don't care what you say it's like yes and you can say Jesus you can say yes whatever it is I'm gonna count to three okay can you give me a Shabbat come on you can shout you can raise your hand but it's to the Lord it's not about how loud you can be but we need to get a little louder around here. Amen? Come on. Remember that saying, get a little louder? Come on. Remember those, you know, you know, I remember old cheers, you know, you know, you know, what is it? Cold kush kush, hot boo down. Come on, Cajun, push, push, push. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, I, got, I got all these other ones, but anyway, I'll go there. You know, I'm going to count to three. One, give it your best. Two, give it your all. And three, come on, let's shout to the Lord. Yes! Woo! Woo! Come on, give your hand, give yourself a hand. Come on, woo! And it's not about emotions, but can I tell you something? God loves emotion. I love it when I see my, I see people passionate. You know, when I go hunting, I love to bring little kids because they're passionate. Old men, they're going, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. I'm like, I'm not glad to be. I want to kill something. Kids are going, oh, there he is over there. Four of them. Damn, just him right out. You know, back, back. Something about passion. Why can't we be passionate for God? Why can't we be passionate for him? Is there a law that says no passion? Is there a book of less passion? Are there, I know, I've seen a lot of people in the book of hesitations. Can we have passion? Can we do this? Can we do this? 
You know what? Don't stay in hesitations. Get beyond that and go, you know, God, you're awesome. I'm going to serve you. This is going to be the best year of my life. And you know what, God? Because I'm a spirit being. And God, I may be, I may be temporarily here in an earth suit, but one day I'm going to see your face. And I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to give you glory for what you did. You saved me out of the wreck of my life. Amen. God love you. God bless you. Have a great, great week. We love you. Give someone a high five. Tell them you love them. Don't forget, if you want to be baptized, sign up in the back. And uh, we love you. God bless you.